This is 52 Gifts, and I'm Bernadette, here to tell you about my big, little project to bring more smiles to the people in my life by sending them the perfect gifts. For birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, or mainly just because, this is where I share all the details with you so you can enjoy these 52 gifts, too. Hey there, and welcome to 52 Gifts. It's the podcast that keeps on giving. Because everybody likes gifts, and I think mostly everybody likes making a difference. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Inspire you to give a gift to someone and or make any kind of contribution to nonprofit organizations that you can. I work with nonprofits in my day job, so it's important to me, and I hope that it's important to you too. So let's get into it. This week's gift was another business-related gift. One of my nonprofit clients, Rocktown History, which I mentioned in episode four, so if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and hear about Penny and her puzzle. But Rocktown History had this goal of creating a formal planned giving program. And planned gifts are basically those donations that people plan to make in the future, usually after they die. So it's things like putting an organization in your will or something like that. There are a lot of ways to make planned gifts or to leave a portion of your estate to a charity. And Rocktown History was really wanting to put more of an emphasis around raising funds that way and bringing some awareness to that type of fundraising because it's really important. They realized that over the last several years, they've received some sizable donations from supporters who left them in their will, but those gifts all came as a surprise, which is tough because the organization never gets to thank that person or recognize them for their generosity while they're still alive. So together, we set out to create a strategy to form and launch a special planned giving program. And for those of you who aren't involved with nonprofits and don't really care, I'll spare you all of the details and just tell you the general steps that we took to get this kicked off. Number one, we came up with a name for the group. They decided on the 1898 Society, which is a reference to the year that the Historical Society was founded. Two, we found a chairperson to head up the group, and this is someone who has already included Rocktown history in their estate plans, and so could be the leader for that effort. Number three, we planned an education session so that the board of trustees would have a working knowledge of planned giving, because they're the ambassadors that are out in the community talking about the organization. And then we planned a kickoff event with special exhibits in their gallery and some entertainment and invited anyone who is known to have made a planned gift already or 
supporters who are most likely to do so. So there's a lot more to it, and I'm happy to discuss the strategy in detail if you want to reach out to me directly, but that's the basic idea. This education session that we held for the trustees is where this week's gift comes in. We invited a seasoned planned giving professional, whose name is Les, to come in for two hours and he explained planned giving, the different types of gifts that there are, how to start the conversation around planned giving, and who to call on for more professional advice. It was a very enlightening session. Everybody learned something, and I think we all left feeling better equipped to talk to others about their estate plans. Les was terrific, and he had a wonderful way of thinking about plan giving and helping people leave behind a legacy that's meaningful to them and represents the kind of person that they were in life. It can be really heavy stuff, but Les made it feel inspiring and positive. I'll be sending out more details and tips in my weekly business email, so if you want to know more about setting up a planned giving program, you can join my mailing list at the bottom of the 52 Gifts webpage, and I'll also put a link in the show notes. As it turns out, Les was one day into his retirement from development work. And he told us that he and his wife would soon be embarking on a long road trip that would take them to 12 or so national parks in their camper. He showed us pictures of his camping setup, and he was clearly excited about this upcoming adventure. So when it came time to think about sending Les a little token of our appreciation for all of his time and expertise... I immediately thought of a great gift I'd seen a few weeks back in the Uncommon Goods catalog. That's right, Uncommon Goods is back again. (laughs) It is a poster of all 63 national parks that you scratch off as you visit them. So it's personalized with their name at the top, and each of the little park illustrations are hidden behind gold or silver foil, like kind of like a scratch-off lottery ticket. We figured that this trip would make a big dent in the 63 park list, plus I'm sure they've probably visited many other parks in the past. And so that's why I thought this would be the perfect gift for Les. I think it's really fabulous and fun when you can pick up little tidbits about people along the way and turn those nuggets of information into a gift at some point. This one for Les was pretty immediate. Like he said, we're going to the parks. And so I'm like, oh, parks, gift, (laughs) you know, ding, ding, easy. But it's even more exciting when you can store small details away for just the right time. Remembering someone's interests and favorite things, especially when they're not particularly obvious, shows that you're listening and really paying attention to who they are. Most people really can't be bothered to notice the little things, let alone commit them to memory. 
They're just too busy thinking about themselves. So if you do that, it can really make an impression. I mean, maybe it sounds harsh, but I feel like we're all guilty of being a little too self-involved sometimes. And I'm just saying that something so small as remembering your coworker's favorite color can bring a whole new level of thoughtfulness when it comes time for your team to decorate the break room for their birthday. And, you know, now it's full of their favorite color, which you remembered. I just feel like seeing people and letting them feel seen is also a huge gift. And it's one that is totally free. So I hope that Les and his wife enjoy their park poster and have an unforgettable time on their road trip. And now it's time for the donation of the week, which went to relief efforts on Maui, Hawaii. This week, the island of Maui experienced the deadliest wildfire the U.S. has ever seen. The entire town of Lahaina was decimated, and the death toll continues to rise. Along with precious lives, many people who live on Maui have lost everything they own to the fires, and rebuilding, they say, is going to take years. This type of devastation would cause me to want to donate no matter where it happened. However, I feel particularly saddened that it happened on Maui. Maui is where my husband and I went on our honeymoon. It's where we returned two more times with our parents, grandparents, and children. And it's where we plan to take the big graduation trip this spring that was abruptly canceled that I talked about in a previous episode. We love Maui and our hearts are broken for all of the wonderful people there. And actually, the second time we visited Maui, we traveled with my in-laws and our one-year-old son. We arrived at night and piled into our rental car only to be informed that the one and only road from the airport to our hotel was closed due to a wildfire. We were essentially stranded with a baby and nothing to do but wait until the morning. And as luck would have it, my husband worked with a guy who had recently moved to New York from Maui and had given John the address of his friend and told us to look him up. This was 2006 and we probably had Blackberries or flip phones, but there must have been some sort of GPS in the car. John remembered this address that he was given, and so without much of an option, we typed it into the navigation and went to find this guy's house. In the pitch black of night, we five strangers landed on the doorstep of this guy and miraculously, and probably because we had a baby, he welcomed us in for the night. We woke up in the morning having no concept of where we had driven the night before and, you know, where we were. We looked outside to see the, that we were on the top of a mountain with the most breathtaking view of the island we've ever seen. By then, the fire had jumped the road and we were able to get through to our hotel. 
but we were forever grateful to this man who, with absolutely no warning and no hesitation, took in a whole family of random New Yorkers for the night. If that doesn't tell you about the people and the vibe of Maui, I don't know what does. They take the concept of ohana, or family, very seriously. So it felt imperative this week to make donations to three Maui-based relief funds. First was a fund created by the tour company Trilogy Excursions. They have a fleet of sailing catamarans that take tourists on snorkeling and sightseeing adventures. We book Trilogy Excursions every single time we are there. They're fun, relaxing, the staff are really, really great, and you just have unbelievable snorkeling opportunities. Trilogy has set up a fund to help their employees and others affected by the fires. And sadly, they did lose one of their vessels, but they were able to save all of the others from being destroyed in the Lahaina Harbor. The next two were funds that I was made aware of through a copywriting coach that I follow. Her name is Tarzan Kay, and she writes the best emails. So when her message came through asking her subscribers to consider helping two important relief funds on Maui, it contained her signature personal hook. Inside was a photo of Tarzan and her brother Caleb, who has lived in Lahaina for 15 years and lost everything in the fire. Her message was not about helping him and his family. They said they had that covered. But it was asking for support of two funds specific to the Hawaiian people, many of whom do not have off-island support networks. I've been reading multiple messages per week from Tarzan for years, so I know a thing or two about her values and how serious she is about integrity and fairness. I knew that I could trust her recommendations for organizations to support, and that was a big help because it's often really hard to know where the best place to direct your donations to during a crisis. The two organizations she recommended were, and hopefully I pronounce these properly, Keiko'o Maui Match Donation Fund, which is a campaign by the Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement, and the Eina Momona Emergency Fundraiser for Maui Fires. Here's a little note from the website of the Keiko'o Fund. A little history. While national outlets report on Lahaina as a tourist destination, it was so much more than that. Lahaina was the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii for 25 years and home to the sacred Moku'ula, the pico or the center of the kingdom and the burial home to many of our chiefs. The loss of any land is deeply felt by our community, but the destruction we've seen in Lahaina will be a scar felt for generations to come. Your generosity will not only help them rebuild, but also show the strength of our unity and aloha spirit. 100% of the proceeds will go to Maui relief efforts. 
Checks may be written out to Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement with a memo, Keiko o Maui. Tarzan also sent along a link to the Maui Mutual Aid Guide and information about sending money directly to families. I just want to reiterate here that the donations I make for this podcast are relatively small. But especially for campaigns like these, if everyone who has ever visited Hawaii or feels empathy toward the victims would make a small donation, so many millions of dollars could be raised to help people crawl out of their worst nightmare. Small gifts do make a difference. Just don't let the amount stop you. And as a matter of fact, there's a common thread for this week's gift and donation. Many people are under the false impression that they have to be really wealthy to think about making planned gifts. They think that their modest estate isn't worth distributing to their favorite organizations and that only people with millions do it. The truth is that even $5,000 or $10,000, which might just represent 10% of someone's 401k, would make a huge difference for most of the organizations that I know. Same goes for regular donations. Don't think your $25, $50, or $100 doesn't make a difference. It does. You don't have to be particularly wealthy to help out causes that matter to you. So that will do it for gift number 32, a National Parks scratch-off poster and donations to three Maui fire relief funds. I'll put links to everything in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. If you're enjoying the show, consider telling a friend about it or sharing it on your social media platforms. You can also support the show financially for as little as a dollar a week. You can check out the details of that on my website at bernadettemack.com forward slash 52 gifts. Please also take a moment to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to the show right now. You can show your love for this podcast by heading on over to BernadetteMack.com forward slash 52 gifts and become a supporter. And 52 Gifts is produced and hosted by Bernadette Mack. Our writer is Bernadette Mack with research provided by Bernadette Mack. Our editor is Bernadette Mack. Social media support provided by, you guessed it, Bernadette Mack. See you next week. Thank you, ladies.